Heights. Good morning, LifePoint Church. So thankful to have each and every one of you here with us that are joining us in person. And for those that are watching online, thank you so much for being a part of our family. Uh, we love you all. And uh, man, today is a busy and amazing day. It's going to be awesome. So not only are we here connecting, gathering, which is great, as always, right? But we also are having a baptism today and a picnic. So, like, I mean, I don't know how, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean it's okay to clap. It's, it's all good, man. It's, this, is a, this is an incredible day. This is part of what being the church is, having people come to know Jesus, right, and, and dedicating their life to him and, and being a family and, and doing life together, right? This is what we're about. So it's just a beautiful day of, of everything that LifePoint is about. So, and I'm so glad that you're here with us again, whether in person or online, thank you. Um, so with that, I've got a lot to do, so I might as well go get on into what, what God has me to talk about today. And, and today is week three of our current message series, Forgotten. And in this series, what we're doing is we're, we're exploring different virtues in, that we see in Scripture, that we are all called as Christ followers to live out. Yet, when we look at our culture, our world, even our churches, our lives, our families, we see that these virtues are somewhat forgotten. We've lost sight of their importance. In week one, we talked about the forgotten virtue of honor. Last week, week two, we talked about loyalty. And today, again, week three, we're going to be talking about a very important virtue. Again, one that I believe is somewhat forgotten. And if it's not, it can easily slip. We have to be on guard. And that's the, the forgotten virtue of integrity. So to help you think through that a little bit, how many of you all have ever been experienced a situation where you were at like a fast food joint or a gas station, you pay with cash, and they mistakenly give you too much money back? How many of y'all have ever had that happen to you? Yeah, pretty much all of us. Now hopefully you operated with integrity. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand whether you did or not. That's between you and God. We're going to leave that there. But hopefully you operated with integrity and you made that right. From my personal experience, every single time that I've done that, right, where they gave me too much, where they were supposed to give me like a one, but they gave me a five instead or maybe a big mess up. They gave me a 20 instead. You know, I go back and I said, hey, you gave me too much money. I was only supposed to get one. Here's 20 back. They are shocked. They are surprised that you actually operated with integrity, that you were honest, that you did the right thing. And that shows you where our culture and our world is when it comes to integrity. They're more surprised when someone does something right and operates with an integrity than they are when someone does something wrong. That shows you that we have a problem and we see it all the time. We see a lack of integrity everywhere. Whether you're a sports fan, a, a sports fan you see athletes getting called out all the time for per performance-enhancing drugs, right? All the time. Even my wife's favorite, retired, Julian Edelman, right? He, I know, she's going to be mad at me for saying that. But it happens. We see it. Corked bats, right? Baseball. Little pine tar on the pitcher's hand right on here, you know. They, they're not operating with integrity. We see it with politicians, dare I say, that talk about 
being honest, being truthful. I'm just going to tell the truth. They're not, but I'm going to tell the truth. And then later you see, you know, their financial records and their back taxes and all this stuff starts, starts coming to the surface because they're not operating with integrity. And let's just go there. Pastors. We see it all the time. Pastors, someone who's a man of God, a woman of God that's up there speaking truth, leading a congregation, telling them how they are to live according to Scripture, yet they have a double life. They're messing around with someone on the side, or, or they have these, this addiction that they're not owning up to, and they have a moral failure. We see it year after year after year. Sometimes it comes in a slew, Right? week after week, and if they were all exposed, as much as the high-level pastors, you have the celebrity pastors, it would be pretty discouraging. We have an integrity problem in our world today, and God wants us to do better. He calls us to do better. He calls us to operate as followers of him, right, of image bearers of God. We are to operate with integrity. So for our conversation today, let's, let's go ahead and get a, identify a very simple, basic definition for our talk today on what integrity is. And as simply as I can state it, integrity is when your behavior matches your belief. So with integrity, I didn't come up with that. I heard that from another pastor, so I'll have integrity there. Um, I'm, I'll lead by example for you guys. But that's just a beautiful definition. Integrity is when your behavior matches your beliefs, when you practice what you preach, when you walk the talk, right? When you do what you say you're going to do, when your private life matches your public life and vice versa. It's what you do when no one's looking. It's who you really are. That is your integrity. It's when your behavior matches your beliefs, yet we don't see a lot of it. We don't see a lot of it in our leadership. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 3, Solomon says this. He said, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. And I don't know about you, but, but I firmly believe, again, that in our culture today, man, we need more integrity. Our leaders need to operate with more integrity. It's it's a must. We need to lead our families with integrity. We need to operate within our jobs with integrity. If you are a leader at your place of employment, operate with integrity. We need that. Scripture said so many people, or that, that people are led astray, right? They are destroyed by duplicity. And we see that. We see that in our leadership in our world today, where people are truly being destroyed and led astray because of a lack of integrity. As a parent, of course, I want my kids to be successful. I want them to thrive. I want them to have this beautiful relationship with God and, and, and with each other and just go and be everything that God created them to be. But part of that is ensuring that they have integrity. And then they know what that is. We actually had a conversation on our drive to church today, a little bit about integrity. Not that there was an issue with it. It just naturally came up. 
And we're always trying to teach them because that's what I want for them more than anything. For me personally, of course, I have goals and ambitions and I want to be successful, right? There's things that I want to do. I want to accomplish. But at the end of the day, when it's all said and done and I take my final dirt nap, I I pray that people can honestly say, you know what? He may have been a little hot-headed. He may have been arrogant from time to time. But the dude operated with integrity. He was a husband with integrity, a father with integrity, a pastor, a friend with integrity. That's what I long for. Because integrity is so important. It's a forgotten virtue. And it's so critical in our world. What else does God have to say about integrity? I think one of the, the clearest pictures of integrity found in Scripture is in Psalm 15. And for those of you all that know me, have been coming to LifePoint for a while or watching online, you'll know why I love this chapter, because uh, it's five verses, right? It's five verses, but it packs a punch. Check this out. David, it starts with David asking God a question. Verse 1, he says, Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent, who may live on your holy mountain? In other words, he's asking, Lord, like, who can be close to you, right? Who can spend time with you? Who can be in that intimate relationship with you? Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? And God answers, the one whose walk is blameless, who does what is right, who speaks the truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor and casts no slur on others, who despises a vile person but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps an oath even when it hurts and does not change their mind, who lends money to the poor without interest, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent. We can honestly sum that up And so he basically said, the one who walks with integrity. That's who can be close. That's who can walk with me. That's who can can live and rest on the holy mountain that is connected with God. Someone who walks with integrity. But not only that, check out the last verse in this this chapter. Verse 5, it ends with, with this. Whoever does these things will never, never be shaken. So not only when we operate within, with integrity, do we get to be in connection with God, right? We, we get to spend time with him, be in relationship with him, but we're also told that we will never be shaken when you walk with integrity. Two beautiful, beautiful promises. And if those two weren't enough, we see there are countless reasons, countless examples and benefits to us living a life of integrity. And so today, I want to share just four of those with you briefly. We're going to hit these very briefly, but I think they're important. Maybe four of the most beneficial components to living a life of integrity. The first one is this, and we basically already just covered that. The first one is that you can walk closely with God. 
right? When you live with integrity, you can walk closely with God. As we just read in Psalms 15, David's like, who can dwell in your sacred tent? He's like the one that's operating and walking with integrity. You can experience the ongoing peace and joy and love from a relationship with God when you are in harmony with him, when you are following his commands, when your life, your behavior matches what you believe, and not just what you believe, but what God says is true. Note the word closely. You can walk closely with God. You can walk with God and not have integrity, but you're not close. And when you're not close, there's issues in the relationship. It's not strong. It's going to be toxic. See, I think about it like if, if, I, if the Driscolls, like we have, my family, we have a set of values that we live by. And I teach those to my kid and my kids. And if me and my wife are walking in those and my kids are walking in those, man, we are walking closely together in harmony. Our relationship is strong. But if they choose to say, okay, those, that's great. Your values are good, but I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to operate that way. Yeah, they're still my kid. They're my kids. I love them. We're still going to walk together. We're still going to do life together. But when our values aren't in line and we're not operating together, there's distance. There's a little bit of a barrier. It's not as healthy and as beautiful and strong as it could be. So when we walk with integrity, we can walk closely with God. The second thing that we see, the second benefit to living a life of integrity is that you have an internal guide. You have an internal guide. The first verse that we read today in, in Proverbs 11.3, right, says the integrity of the upright guides them. You have this internal guide. You don't have to question what's right and what's wrong. When you operate with an integrity, when your life matches what you believe, you have a guide. You have a roadmap. Especially when you're walking close with God, even more so because you have Holy Spirit living in and through you. And he will tell you what to do and what not to do. And he'll make it clear. He'll make it known. Integrity will be your guide. I was talking to Jen about this yesterday. She was like, I oh, like Jiminy Cricket. Sure. I had to throw that one out there because it was funny. Let your conscience be your guide, right? Or the Holy Spirit. I like that one better. But when you're living with integrity, you have an internal guide. The third is maybe the most practical, and I love and it's this, it's that when you live with integrity, integrity, you have consistent peace in your heart. You have consistent peace in your heart. When you're, you're, you're not walking around life wondering like, I wonder if I'm going to get caught. I got something to hide. I hope no one finds out about it. Man, I hope I don't lose my job because I did this and that. You're on edge, right? Because you know you didn't walk in integrity. You know you're not doing the right thing. And, bro, that's a heavy burden to carry. And I say that 
because I know that because that's been me from time to time in my life. When I'm not walking in integrity, I have a burden that I carry, wondering if I'm going to be exposed. But man, when you walk with integrity, you're walking closely with God, you're following that guide, the Holy Spirit, you got nothing to worry about. You have this beautiful peace all the time because you're an open book. doesn't matter. Go ahead. What you see is what you get. The good, bad, and the ugly, but at least it's out there. You're walking with integrity. It gives you a sense of peace. The fourth benefit of living a life of integrity is that you gain trust, respect, honor, and influence. All things that we long for, to be honest. All things that every single Christ follower should be known for. This is what Jesus is known for. Every person that carries the name of Jesus should be known as trustworthy, worthy of respect, honor, and influence. Not because of us, but because we believe in Jesus and because our behaviors align with our beliefs and we're living like Jesus. If you want your kids to respect you, and to listen to you, be a parent of integrity. If you want your spouse to love and honor you, be a husband or be a wife of integrity. If you want your boss to respect you, right, or your coworkers to respect you, or if you are a leader in your company and you want your employees to respect and follow you and listen, operate with integrity. It's really that simple. Because like we said at the beginning, people aren't used to that. They don't know what to do with that. When they actually come face to face with someone that has integrity, that says, this is what I'm about, this is what I believe, and they actually live it. Man, operate with integrity. But again, unfortunately, it's just, it's just forgotten these days. Integrity is an afterthought for most people. Integrity is an afterthought for most Christians. And it's nothing new. It's really not. One of the most common criticisms that people outside of the faith have against Christians, and actually within the faith, is that Christians are, anybody? Hypocrites. Yeah. How many of y'all ever heard that? Christians are hypocrites. Yeah, I hear it all the time. The Greek word that we see in scripture that translates as hypocrite is actually defined as an actor. An actor. So basically when we read hypocrite, it's you're fake. You're phony. Your behavior is not really what you believe. What you believe is not really how you're acting. You're fake. When I talked about this in the past, I used to always talk about wearing a mask, but we can't talk about that no more because everyone just thinks of like an actual mask nowadays. So, but that's really kind of what it is. You're throwing up this fake version of yourself. Hypocrites. 
And it's far too common today. And I don't say that to point the finger. Trust me, because I've been a hypocrite plenty times in my life. Just a month or so ago, my daughter had her um, annual dance recital. And um, I always am the MC of the recital, so we're there early. And um, as we're walking in, the, the director of the auditorium that we were at, um, he, boy, he was on edge. I don't know what happened to him that morning, but he wasn't feeling it. He was on edge, and he was real snippy and snappy, and it was not a good situation. And uh, I was frustrated. And then he chose to point me out and try to make an example of me in front of a group of people. And for those that know me, that typically doesn't go well. And so he starts talking crazy to me. I start talking crazy back in front of all these students, my daughter's friends and parents, people that know I'm a pastor. Here I am supposed to be the spiritual leader, and I'm carrying on with somebody trying to prove a point. I was being a hypocrite. It wasn't pretty. It's not how I should have acted. And I tell you what, that whole day, I had zero peace in my heart. Because I felt terrible, because I acted a complete fool. I know that's hard for y'all to believe. I know. But I was a hypocrite in that moment. I lacked integrity. And I'm not proud of that at all. But I say that to let you know that many of us, and we all struggle with integrity from time to time. That's why I said earlier, we have to be on guard. And typically when we have those moments, we, we naturally want to justify it, right? Why we did what we did, why we operated without integrity. I did that all day. For the first like hour, I was trying to explain it away like, well, he blah, 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 blah. I was just trying to protect the kids. And no, I was being a jerk and I was trying to prove a point, which was not okay. Quit laughing, y'all. I'm having a moment. But many times we struggle with integrity. And the reality is, is Jesus in the New Testament spoke very harshly. Not on thieves. Not on tax collectors who were some of the worst people of the time. Not on prostitutes. Not on the immoral or the adulterers, he spoke very harshly on hypocrites, the Pharisees, the ones who were the religious leaders at the time where they, they were not being honest. They were being fake. They were being actors. By far, my favorite example of this is found in Matthew 23 when Jesus said this to a group of Pharisees, religious leaders, the elite, right? He says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, right? You actors, you're phony. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees. He says, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. Then again, he says, woe to you, teachers of the laws and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Hits them with it again. You are like whitewashed tombs. You look beautiful on the outside, but inside full of the bones of dead, of, of everything, of dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous. 
For on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. I know a lot of quote-unquote Christians that fall into that category. Where they look perfect on the outside. Right? The perfect family. The perfect, you know, relationship with God. Everything on the outside looks great. But the inside is dirty. It's filthy. Full of everything dead and unclean. And it's because they're not walking with integrity. It's because they're focused on the external rather than the internal. Jesus said, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. We are to walk with God closely. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through us. Then the outside will reflect Jesus. Not the outside in. It's inside out. We have to let him change our lives. We come to him in our brokenness, in our mess, filthy glass on the outside, and say, clean the inside first. But let's be honest. If you grab a cup and you're going to clean it, it's a lot easier just to wipe the outside, sit it to the side. But nobody wants to drink out of that cup. You got to get in there and clean. And that's not as easy. That's why we have to have the Holy Spirit to work in and through us. So with that being said, I want you to ask yourself a question. And I want you to be honest with yourself. Not what your words say about you, but what your actions say. And the question is this. What's your integrity worth? What is your integrity worth? Again, not what you think you should say. Not the good church answer, not even your words, but what does your life say that your integrity is worth? Maybe you're in a situation where, you know, maybe you're filling out a resume. You're not quite qualified, so you bump up that degree a little bit, right? Or you put some more experience on there. Well, the pay for that job or that position, that's what your integrity was worth because you traded it. Maybe you find that wallet sitting out in front of a store. Got a hundred bucks in it. Look at the driver's license, you see the person sitting in there. Take twenty dollars of that hundred, fold it up, go hand it to him, say, Hey, I found your wallet. Your integrity was worth twenty bucks. It's not a lot of integrity. We have to operate with integrity. In your marriage, maybe finances, finances are tight, and you're saving just to pay bills, yet you're being dishonest, and you're hiding money off to the side so that you can just go spend it however you want, and you're being dishonest. That's how much your integrity's worth. Maybe you're trying to get the right GPA so you can get into this program or whatever, but you cheat a little bit, but your integrity's worth. What is your integrity worth and I ask myself that same question and when I go back to that situation right at the dance recital my integrity wasn't worth very much I traded my integrity to try to win an argument where there was going to be no winner 
I traded in my integrity for my pride. It's not worth very much. Got to do better. Because integrity matters. And God wants each and every one of us to operate as people with integrity. And so today, if you realize the fact that, you know what, I thought I had integrity, but maybe I got some gaps. Remember, Jesus called the Pharisees blind Pharisees, indicating that they didn't even realize that they were operating without integrity. They honestly thought they were good to go. They were blind. They had blind spots. Maybe you realize that you have a blind spot today when it comes to integrity, and it's time to make a change. And if that's you, the, <clears throat> the first thing you need to do is you need to own it. Far too many times we like to stay blind, stay ignorant to the things that are going on around us, or more importantly, the things that are going on inside of us. And we want to sweep it to the side and not deal with it. But when it comes to our integrity, we've got to deal with it. Actually, when it comes to everything, you need to deal with it. But we're talking about integrity today. You got to deal with it. You got to face it. You got to say, you know what? Right now, my integrity is not worth very much. I'm going to step my game up. And if that's where you're at, own it. And then the first thing that you need to do is that you need to then make sure that you have a personal relationship with Jesus. Because on your own, in your own power, you're always going to struggle with integrity. Because we have a sin nature. It's easy to clean the outside of the cup, not easy to clean the inside. And we need God to do that, to do that work, to guide us in that work. So we have to make sure that we have a personal relationship with him and then that we walk with him, right, closely. Spending time in scripture, spending time in prayer, seeking him. Seeking him with other like-minded believers. Seeking him with people that might disagree with you in some areas. But walking together, doing life, we have to have him. The second thing, if you're in that boat, if, it, if it's healthy and it makes sense for both parties, I want to encourage you to go back and to apologize to people that you've not shown integrity with. Again, as long as it's healthy for both people. I'll be honest, I, after I, you know, had my moment at the auditorium, right, and then... Um, I tried to justify it for like an hour and a half. Then I'm like, you know what? I need to go talk to this dude. I need to apologize. But he wasn't trying to hear it. <laughs> he was rambling, I think, more than I was. He was not happy with me. And so I just let it be. And I own that. I confessed it to God. And honestly, I confessed it to the people that were around. But we need to make amends. We need to apologize. We need to make those things right. We, it's... it's it's so powerful for a Christ follower to walk up to one of your friends or people that you know that doesn't follow Jesus and say, you know what, I've been a hypocrite. You're right. I'm going to work to do better. That's so powerful. The final thing that you need to do to begin to walk with integrity is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 37. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond that comes from the evil one. Another version, the version that I grew up hearing is let your yes be yes and your no be no. Essentially what this is, what Jesus is saying is let your behavior align with your beliefs. 
Actually do what you say you're going to do. Be what you say you're about. Let your yes be yes, your no be no. You see, when we begin to do that, when our life, when we allow Holy Spirit to change us from the inside out, we begin to walk with him. We walk with integrity. What happens is that you walk more and more closely with God. You'll have that internal guide leading you as you go. You have consistent peace. It's beautiful. And you become known as someone of honor and trust and respect and influence, which then allows you to share your faith in a real way with those that don't know Jesus, to live it out. When you operate with integrity, oh, they're going to know what you're about because they're, they're not used to seeing it. It allows you to truly live out your calling to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. But we have to be people of integrity. So wherever you're at today, whatever God is speaking to you about integrity, however you answer that question, what is my integrity worth? Own it. Come before him messy. That's what he wants. Quit acting. Drop the show. Drop the character. The fake person. And come before God just as you are. and Say, God, I, I need your help to be an individual a person of integrity. Let's reclaim that forgotten virtue today. Let's pray. Jesus, we, we come to you today. We're just so incredibly thankful for your love. We're thankful for the fact that you love us despite our flaws and our failures despite the fact that we struggle with these beautiful virtues that you've called us to live out. I thank you for forgiving us when we screw up, loving us when we're unlovable, never leaving us or forsaking us. And Jesus, may that drive us and lead us to connect with you more and more, to seek your face, to live in a way that honors and glorifies you, God, may we as your people allow you to change us from the inside out. Lord, clean the inside of the cup. May we be people of integrity, your people. Not because we want to pat on the back, but because we want to honor and glorify you. As we continue today in a, a spirit of prayer, maybe you're here today or you're watching online and you've never really come into that relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've been coming to church for, going to church for a long time and you've become a great actor. You know how to play the game, but in reality, you've never come into a personal relationship with Jesus. You've never truly let go and allowed him to take over. If that's you today and you're ready to step over that line of faith, Scripture says that all you have to do is confess and believe. It's not about what you can do for yourself. It's not about being good enough. It's about the fact that who he is and that he's good enough. God loves you so much he sent his son to die for you. He died 
took on your guilt, your sin, and your shame and rose again victoriously so that you could be made right before God. Scripture says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God rose him from the grave, that you'll be saved. I love that verse so much because it, it'll, it's for someone who overthinks everything, it breaks it down so beautifully and so simply that we confess and believe. We confess that we have flaws and failures and we believe that God sent his son Jesus, that Jesus is the son of God, died and rose again for you. If you confess and believe, he says, your life is forever connected to him. You are a new creation. You're just not a new version of the old you. No, the old you is gone. And because of Jesus, you are a new creation. That's what baptism that we're going to see here in a little bit and experience and celebrate. It's what it symbolizes, that the old you is dead. You've given that person up. And you rise to life anew because of Jesus. And if you're ready to step over that line of faith, you can just call out to him however he leads. Wherever you're at, whether you're here, whether you're in your seat, whether you're home, sipping on some good coffee, whatever, driving down the road listening. You can call out to him, just confess and believe. And if you have questions about that, I'd love to talk with you, whether direct message online or, or here in person. Or if you go ahead and make that decision, we want to celebrate with you. Let us know. Get to walk, walk you through those next steps of continuing to grow in your relationship with him. It's a beautiful thing. But maybe you're here this morning and you're already a Christ follower, but you realize you're kind of that blind Pharisee. Maybe you walked in here today and didn't think about it, didn't realize it, but the reality is, is you lack some integrity. I get it. I'm working through it myself. Every day. I have to check Andy, die to myself, and allow God to take over. Because the moment I say Andy's going to do his thing, Andy's going to screw up. Let's be a, a people of integrity. Let's be a church of integrity. Jesus, again, we love you and we thank you. Lord, I pray that you would speak truth over each person that's here or that's watching or listening, Lord, that you would bless them, Lord, that you would allow them to hear exactly what it is clearly that you want them to hear today. And that they would submit that to you that they would own it and then take the necessary steps to move forward. Not, to, not perfection immediately, but just a step forward towards what you're calling them to. Again, Lord, may we be a people in a church that honors you through our integrity. Not because we're good, but because you are good and you are perfect and you are holy. In Jesus' name we thank you. It's your name we pray. free 
Here at LifePoint Church, there's a few different ways um, that you can give. Um, you can give here in person on your way out. There's a basket with some envelopes. Um, you can give here in person. You can go to our website. Top right-hand corner is an online giving button. You can use text to give by texting the amount to the number 84321. Um, or you can get hooked up with our church center app, which is the easiest, slickest way uh, to give. Um, but however you choose to give, we're just incredibly thankful that you're on mission um, that you're giving back just a portion of what it is that God has blessed you with so that we in turn can continue to move the gospel forward through both our words and deeds and our acts of service. So um, we thank you so much for being a part of that. And um, yeah, we love you. Thank you so much. Um, if um, talking, speaking of the Church Center app, if you haven't gotten hooked up with that, I want to encourage you to do that on Apple or Android. Um, you go download the app, you click on it, um, and then it'll give you a location. You can type in LifePoint Church, and um, it'll get you signed up with that. If you have issues signing up, let me know. Um, I can walk you through some of that. But it's going to be, oh yeah, you can scan the QR code too, and it'll take you right to it. But um, it's going to be kind of an inform information hub. It's where you can sign up for groups, um, sign, see events that are coming up. And we're, we're just learning this, and we're using it more and more. So um, join us in that journey. It's just a great way to communicate. So um, if this is your first time being here with us and you want to connect more with LifePoint Church, there's also another way you can get signed up, which is using our digital connection card. Um, if you text the word CONNECT to the number 502-236-9446, text the word CONNECT, it'll send you a link to sign up for that. That gets you in with text alerts and all that good stuff. So again, we're trying to make have as much connection and community um, in our digital era. And um, so we want you to join in on that. It would be great. So at this time, Mark, can go ahead. Um, we're going to get prepared and ready for our baptism. Um, Jared and the team are going to continue to lead some worship. So just relax, enjoy, um, and just worship and celebrate. And um, we'll be back to celebrate some baptism here in a few minutes. We got a song we're going to lead in. You guys are welcome to stay seated. We picked this song out. 
thinking about baptism. A song called Come As You Are. I think it's an awesome message. That God's just sitting there waiting for us to, to meet Him no matter what place we're in. Let's sing this song together. Oh 
such a journey in life and um, just like many of us full of ups and downs and struggles and everyone's struggle is different than than others you know but regardless we all struggle and um, just how he's followed God's lead and even just moving and and how life has led him and and he's been following God listening to his voice spending time in prayer and uh, it's just amazing to hear his story and how God's moving and working in his life and um, he he is made a, a profession of faith that he believes in Jesus and, and is surrendering his life to him and has done that in the past and he is um, ready to kind of get moving back in the right direction once again and following God's lead and so we're so excited that uh, not only just for that in his life and how important and beautiful that is and that's the most important thing but I mean we're just thankful to have him and and Brian as a part of our Life Point Church family and um, so it's, it's a great day. So, you know, baptism is this, it's a celebration. It's, it's, a, it's just an outward picture of an inward decision, right? As I was mentioning earlier, it's just this visual of giving up your old life, right? You're no longer that old person and rising to life with Christ. It's such a beautiful picture. And Jesus modeled that for us. And, and it's a privilege to be able to follow in that. So, um, Mark, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I have. You ready to rock, walk with him and serve him? I am. Love it. All right, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everything aside, this is what it's about. It's about new life, people coming to know Jesus. And that's that's what our family's about. So we're going to continue to do that. Mark, proud of you. And uh, thank you all so much for being a part of it. So I'm going to pray, and, uh, and then Jared will lead us out. Jesus, again, we love you and we thank you. Lord, I pray specifically for Mark that you would continue to speak to him and that he would hear your voice, that he would be sensitive to that and follow you to the best of his ability, Lord, that he would surrender to you daily like we all need to do. 
And Lord, I pray that as a life point, as a church family, that we would come alongside him and walk with him, support him, encourage him, laugh with him, cry with him, be his family, Jesus. Lord, we love you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Don't forget to... All right, thank you all so much for being here with us once again for LifePoint Online. If this is your first time here with us, thank you all so much for being here and hanging out with us and checking out LifePoint Church. If you'd like more information or if you have any questions, you can either drop a comment below or you can visit us on our website or any of our social media platforms. And if you have questions, just go ahead and ask and someone from our team will get back with you as soon as we possibly can. Also, if you want to continue to worship uh, with your tithes and your offerings, or if you just simply want to give to LifePoint Church, you can head over to our website. It's lpc502.com. In the top right-hand corner is an online giving button. If you click it, it takes you to a safe and secure place where you can give. You can also begin to text to give by texting the amount that you want to give to the number 84321. But however you choose to give, we're just so thankful and humbled by the fact that you're on mission and that you're giving back just a portion of what it is that God has blessed you with. Again, thank you all so much for being here with us today. We hope that you'll join us in connecting and doing life online throughout the week. And until next Sunday, we'll see you later. Have a great one.